Hey everybody, welcome into the We Know Fantasy NASCAR podcast. Uh, at least that's going to be our name for now. I haven't really thought of a better name yet. I'm sure there's one out there. If you are listening and can think of one, let us know on Twitter. Uh, see if we can come up with a better name. But for now, it's just the We Know Fantasy NASCAR Racing Podcast. Joining you uh, is me, your host, Cody Smith. Uh, you can catch me on some We Know Fantasy Football podcasts every now and then. And joining me for the Fantasy Racing Podcast is last year's Steve Lovender Random Fantasy Racing Champion and my wife, uh, Devin Smith. So, Devin, say hello to the, the fine people listening. Hello, fine people listening. <laughs> so, uh, we're huddled around a desk here for the first edition of this podcast. Uh, pretty much the deal here, we're going to recap races from weeks past. We're going to preview the upcoming races, try to help you out with any betting advice or DraftKings or any kind of stuff like that. We're going to do a one-and-done contest to this year, see who can come out on top in that. Uh, so we're just going to roll with it. We're doing this because we love NASCAR. We have gone to a bunch of races. We uh, we just are big fans, and we like to get our knowledge out there and try to help you people out there win a little money doing so. So, Devin, anything to add at this point? I don't think so. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. You can follow We Know Fantasy on uh, Twitter at We Know Fantasy. We are currently looking for anybody that wants to write anything, uh, whether that's football related, NASCAR related, if anybody wants to jump on and help out here every now and then, any other sports that we cover here, which is just about anything. If you want to write about it and you want to share your thoughts about it, we're definitely interested in having you uh write some stuff, get it out on the website and everything like that. So uh, we're looking for anybody that wants to do that. So uh, once again, I'm on Twitter at Master Smithers. We Know Fantasy is on Twitter at We Know Fantasy. Devin, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is D-B-R-O-S-I-U-S-1-3. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump into our main content we don't really have, like I said, we, we are going to do recaps and previews and everything. Obviously, not going to have a recap this week because we are gearing up for the first race of the season, if you want to call it that, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But for now, as far as the recap goes, let's talk about the offseason. A lot of things changing, a lot of drivers changing, lots of rule changes announced in the past couple of days. So, Devin, I guess the first question of all the silly season stuff that was going on, all the changes that happened, guys switching teams and all that. Who's your, who do you see that switched the team that's going to make the biggest impact and be the best right away? I would say that I think the biggest impact is going to be Kyle Busch going to RCR. That obviously was a big get for them. Um, he is replacing Tyler Reddick who Reddick won some races last year. Uh, Kyle Busch actually didn't win any races last year, but I think going um, Kyle Busch going to RCR is probably one of the biggest moves of the offseason. Yeah, definitely big. A two-time champion in Kyle Busch going to Richard Childress Racing. You mentioned Tyler Reddick picking up a couple wins mm -hmm. last year. Um, Austin Dillon didn't win any races for RCR last year, so, you know, you got... He's going into a team that has potential. 
Um, Kyle Busch did win one race last year. He oh, won yeah. on, on the Bristol dirt oh, yeah, Bristol <laughs> when dirt, yeah. Tyler Reddick got crashed out of, uh, in the final turn by Chase Briscoe. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's going into a situation where the driver that left picked up some wins and I could see him really excelling here and picking up where Tyler Reddick left off. And that's interesting because it leads pretty well into my top driver that I'm looking to have the most success. And that is Tyler Reddick. Switching to 2311 Racing, owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. He is taking over for Kurt Busch. I, I guess you could say Kurt Busch. I mean, he, he ran most of the races last year, got a concussion midseason. Then uh, Ty Gibbs sat in at that car for a while. Bubba Wallace switched over to the 45 at one point, and Ty Gibbs switched to the 23. But you're looking at a guy here that, as we mentioned, won multiple races at RCR last season, three to be exact. He takes over a car that won two races last year, one with Kurt Busch, one with Bubba Wallace, both at Kansas on a mile and a half. So you're taking a driver that's capable of winning, putting him on a team that's capable of winning. And Tyler Reddick has won championships before in the Xfinity Series, two championships there, one with Junior Motorsports, one with Richard Childress Racing. So I think he's making a move here to a better organization. It's tough to say at this point. There Maybe it's a lateral move, but even so, he should be able to pick up a couple wins and have a solid season for the 2311 team. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes for him since him and Bubba Wallace are both still pretty young. There's not really... I think Kurt Busch really helped that team out last year uh, being like a veteran guy. So they're going to go in there and not really have that veteran presence anymore. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I'm definitely eager to see how it turns out. I'm hoping well for Tyler Reddick. I like him in general as a race car driver. So would like to see him succeed over there at 2311. Yeah, I like um, 2311. I hope to see them all succeed just because it's nice to have a new team come in and do well instead of like the old boys club that NASCAR usually is. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, one more quick question here as we talk uh, recap of the off season, just your next favorite uh, storyline, or it can be a rule change from the past couple days. It can be another driver switching teams, just your, your favorite off season headline up to this point. What would you say yours is? Uh, I actually, for mine, I have the return of Jimmy Johnson as a big one for me. Uh, you know, I was never a huge Jimmy Johnson fan. Uh, I did like Hendrick Motorsports a bit a few years ago. I was a big Casey Kane guy, and when he moved over there to the five car, I followed him and and liked Hendrick there. But just to have a guy that's a seven-time champ, somebody back in the sport like that after he left to go IndyCar race for a little bit, to have him back is huge for the sport. I'm thinking, you know, his fan base is going to return and and keep watching NASCAR races, you know, if they're if if we lost some viewers due to the fact that Jimmy Johnson wasn't around anymore. But there's so much that can happen for Jimmy Johnson here. Is he going to tarnish his legacy by coming back? You know, is he washed up? He didn't win for I think the last two seasons that he was an active full-time cup driver. He he is only going to be part-time this year. But on the flip side of that, can he add to his 83 win total? He's won 83 races in the cup series. That puts him definitely in the top 10. 
of all-time winners in the sport. So it'll be interesting to see if he can pick up some additional wins. Petty GMS, who switched their name to Legacy Motor Club, they picked up a win last year. Eric Jones won in Darlington. So the winning formula is there for that team. Uh, Obviously, Jimmy Johnson knows how to win Cup Series races. It'll be intriguing to see if he can figure out this next-gen car and put it in victory lane in one of his select races this year. Yeah, I guess I would say all the my like something I'm interested in seeing is the new tracks that we're getting this year. So Chicago street course, which we're both not really sure about. And then the all-star race going to North Wilkesboro, just like a little bit of a different like lineup, which will be interesting to see. Yeah. It's always cool to see a new track on the schedule. Obviously you can be optimistic or pessimistic at first, but you don't really know until you see it. And it's going to be interesting to see the Chicago street course. That's one that I'm definitely pessimistic about. Same thing with North North Wilkesboro. I like that we're, they're going to be going there. I like that we're going to see this track back on the schedule again, so to say. It's you know going to be the all-star race, but the short track package was not good last year for these cars. There was a lack of passing at short tracks, so I'm a little pessimistic there. It's just going to be depending on how these teams figured out this car over the past off season. And uh, if, if NASCAR made any rule changes that can help passing at these short tracks. Yeah. I did see that they have the new uh, wet tire package for short tracks, which would be interesting just because obviously we were at Martinsville last year and it rained and it was a really boring race, so yeah. that might make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. The The rain tire thing at some select short tracks and road courses is going to be something to keep an eye on. You know, if we if we get a little bit of weather at a track where they can put these rain tires on, how's that going to change the racing? Uh, it's definitely something to see. And I did think, too, as I was talking about Legacy Motor Club earlier, I did want to mention, too, another big thing I'm looking forward to this year is going to be the rookie of the year race. You're going to have Noah Gregson versus Ty Gibbs. I mean, there may be other rookies that are going to be out there eligible, but I'd imagine it comes down to those two. Both very great racers in the Xfinity series coming up to make their debuts in the Cup series uh, full-time anyway. They have run multiple Cup races each in the past, but these guys coming up to race full-time is going to be fun to keep our eyes on this season. So with that, we'll move into the preview. And like I said earlier, this is a preview for the Bushlight Clash, the second running of the Bushlight Clash at the LA Coliseum. The LA Coliseum, as you probably have guessed, is actually a quarter mile track inside the Los Angeles Coliseum. So every year they, well, every year for the past two years, they put asphalt down in the infield. They tear it out after the race is over and they change it right back into a football field. So it's going to be 150 laps, only green flag laps count to get to that 150 lap main event. There's going to be a series of heat races, single car qualifying to set the lineups for the heat races, four heat races, set the field top five from each heat race advance. Then there's a top two advancing from a 50 lap last chance qualifier And then finally, the highest finishing driver in last year's point standings that didn't advance gets a final 
birth, I guess you can say, into the main event. Main event is going to be 27 cars this season. That's up from 23 last year. So five more cars on the track on the, the short quarter mile track of the LA Coliseum is going to be interesting to see. Um, last year's race at the Coliseum featured Joey Logano picking up the win. He obviously goes on to win the championship. So he's the only winner in this track's history since it's been implemented onto the schedule. So I guess we'll move on and, and talk about our thoughts about the clash. And Devin, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Bushlight clash at the Coliseum? And what are you expecting maybe to see this weekend? Um, I, I obviously know that we watched the clash last year, um, but it was the first one. So uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Maybe the drivers will have the last year's clash was the first race with the new generation car. So I feel like maybe they hadn't quite figured out the car yet. So I think it'll be interesting to see this year now that they have a full season with the new car, how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. It was last year. This was race number one and it is obviously an exhibition race. So it was the first race of any kind with this next gen car definitely you know a full year later you're hoping that teams have figured out a little bit and the cream rises to the top in as far as talent goes but i mean yeah i'm happy that nascar is back but when i look at this bushlight clash it gets me excited enough but i mean i i'm ready for the real thing i i mean i i like daytona i call me old-fashioned if you will but the bushlight clash at daytona was always it always got me super excited for the season it was a preview of the daytona 500 you got to see who's going to be fast who's got a great car and a great setup already for the daytona 500 i just loved having it at daytona on the oval I don't know. It was, it's just the way that I like to see it. The The Coliseum, there's a little bumping and banging, but, you know, what do they go? 100 miles an hour, maybe. I mean, it's... Not it's, even. Yeah, it's a very short track and, and not very high speeds. And, I mean, I don't know. It's a short track. And we talked about the performance of the next-gen car on the short tracks last year left a little bit to be desired. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just... Like I said, I'm I'm happy NASCAR is back, but I'm not getting overly excited about the clash. Yeah, understandable. So based on the history of the clash, which is just one year's <laughs> worth of data, uh, with, and without giving too much away for our next segment, I guess just uh, kind of kind of uh, you know give me an idea who you think is going to excel this week and who you think might struggle. Well, um, obviously, we already talked about Joey Logano, so he won last year, so he is probably a favorite this year. I also, um, I was just thinking about like off-season moves. Someone like Ryan Priest coming to Stuart Haas, he's a short track, like dirt guy, so he might be um, able to do something too. Obviously, uh, Kyle Larson, another short track guy, also probably uh, one to watch. Yeah, I like all those. Uh, Logano, obviously, on my list. Also, Tyler Reddick, last year in the Clash, if you remember, he was leading and had a parts failure and had to pull off the track. Mm -hmm. It was like a weird sequence where 
Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Briscoe, all their cars broke at like the exact same time and they had to pull off the track yeah. and, and couldn't continue. So uh, he, I think, is on my short list of guys to watch. And I also put Kyle Busch on my list because Kyle Busch did lead the most laps at the Clash last year. He was passed by Logano fairly late in the race. So another guy to watch there as far as guys that have had success. Um, you know, I, I have a couple other guys to bring up a little bit later here, but for now we'll stick with those. So once again, we typically would do like some DraftKings preview type stuff. We're going to skip over that this week just because, like I said, it's tough to make a DraftKings lineup when only 27 guys are going to make the show and you don't know who's going to miss it. You know, you don't want to, I don't want to sit here and tell you, okay, you know, start Kyle Busch this week and then it gets to, uh, <laughs> you know, gets to the heat races and he crashes and gets eliminated or something. So, so I think we'll skip DraftKings picks for this week and just go straight to the best bets for the Bushlight Clash, and I'll go over the favorites to start, and we'll, I guess we'll just talk about who we like uh, uh, in that range. So as far as favorites go right now, Joey Logano and Chase Elliott are both plus 750. Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell both plus 800 or 8 to 1. Kyle Busch is 9 to 1, and Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin are 10 to 1 to win the Clash. We already talked about Logano. We already talked about Kyle Busch. You brought up Kyle Larson. Are those kind of the guys that you think in this range, maybe you would put a little money on gambling wise? Yeah, obviously those are the favorites. Those are the guys that do usually the best at short tracks. So yeah, you look at betting favorites most of the time, especially in NASCAR, you're going to get a winner from, either the favorites or the mid range. There's yeah. not a ton of long shots. I mean, obviously super speedways are an outlier, but at a track like the Bushlight clash, I think the better competition is going to be going to perform better. It's going to depend too on how the, you know, how things go qualifying wise, you got to have a good starting spot for the duels or not the duels, the, Heat races, heat races yeah. um, you got to have a good starting spot for the heat races to get a good starting spot for the main event. So that will definitely change some things as well. But as I look at these, Kyle Busch at 900 is probably my favorite in this area, followed by Kyle Larson at 8-1. to one. Um, They both offer a little bit of, of upside there. We'll move to the mid-range guys here. Uh, William Byron and Ross Chastain, 12-1. to one. Tyler Reddick is at 14 to one. He's actually moving. His odds are, I guess you could say worsening. Uh, he was 15 to one now, 14 to one. Um, Kevin Harvick 20 to one and Martin Truex Jr. And Brad Keselowski 25 to one. Anybody stand out to you in this area? Um, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I would say the standout would be probably Brad because he did not even make the main event at last year's clash. Yes. Yep. Last year, uh, the Roush Fenway Kozlowski guys struggled mightily at the clash. They, I think at one point Brad might've gone a lap down in his, uh, heat race, you know, he, yeah. he struggled pretty bad. And, and I look at guys too, like Martin Truex Jr. And Kevin Harvick in this area, that's kind of a trio Harvick Truex Kozlowski that I'm definitely avoiding in this race because 
these older guys, Harvick and Truex, this is kind of like a niche track. This is not where Harvick and Truex excel. excel. Yeah, they, they are more of the mile and a half or mechanical grip type tracks. This is kind of finesse. And as far as short tracks and road courses and whatever you can use to kind of compare this track to, uh, these guys do not excel in that area. Obviously, I mentioned Reddick as a guy that I was keeping my eye on. So Reddick at 14 to 1 is my favorite guy in this area. I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't know much about betting. Uh, but yeah, either Reddick or William Byron at 12 to one. Sure. Yeah. I like that one too. Uh, then we'll move to the long shots, which is a very long list indeed. And I'll run down through quick, uh, Chase Briscoe, Bubba Wallace, Alex Bowman, all 30 to one, Ryan Priest, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, Chris Busher, 40 to one. Eric Almarola, 50 to 1. Austin Dillon, 60 to 1. He opened at 75 to 1. Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, Austin Sindrick, AJ Allmendinger, all 75 to 1. Justin Haley, 80 to 1, who was originally 100 to 1. Harrison Burton, 150 to 1. Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 200 to 1. Ty Dillon, Todd Gilliland, 500 to 1. And then J.J. Yaley, Corey LaJoy, Cody Ware, B.J. McLeod, all 1,000 to 1 to win the Bushlight Clash. Um, Any names stand out there for you? Yes, I find it interesting that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell have the same odds to win. Yeah, those guys at 200 to 1 is almost, it's almost like maybe I should put like a little bit on this just in case. Uh, 200 to one is huge. And, and for, I mean, I know Stenhouse has excelled in his career at super speedways. Um, same with Michael McDowell, super speedways and road courses. But if the chips fall right, I mean, there's definitely potential for either of those guys. The one guy on this list that I already have a bet in on, and it's actually the only guy that I have bet up to this point is Justin Haley. I wish I would have got him at 100 to 1 when I first looked at the odds, but I saw this morning he was at 80. I'm putting money on him. He was running top five last year. He actually won his heat race, if you remember last year, was running top five, got wrecked by Kyle Larson in the race. So he ran up front. He qualified well. He ran up front. So at 80 to 1, I definitely like that. His teammate, AJ Allmendinger, at 75. That's probably a little bit of a value. AJ's got that road course experience, which obviously is not necessarily a road course, but you've got to be good on the brakes at this place. So I like AJ Allmendinger there too. You mentioned Ryan Priest. He's all the way up at 40. So there's, you know, a guy that probably has potential. Another guy, I was surprised to see Austin Dillon's odds moving up. Oh my God you know, opening at 75 and now at 60, I'm surprised that he would move like that just because I don't see Austin Dillon being a huge threat in a race like this either. This is not a track that fits his racing style. Anybody else standing out to you here? Um, I would say probably Chase Briscoe at plus 3000, just 
That's um, just an interesting catch yeah. there. Yeah, he he's had success on short tracks in the past, winning at Phoenix last year. Mm-hmm. I know that's a question questionable if you want to call that a short track or not, but I I would look at it as a short track and and picking up a win there last year. So yeah, definitely some interesting odds um, as far as the deep looks there go you know like we said we're we're looking briscoe priest uh, i have money on justin haley so looking at that one as well a couple guys up there so moving on we'll move to the one and done so Devin, you know how this works for the most part i'll explain it to the listeners um so the way that we that we do a fantasy race pool uh some friends of mine and some folks I know get together and you can pick a driver every week, but you can only pick them once all season long. So hence the once and done, you use them one time and you're done unless you pick the winner. So if you pick the winner, you'll get to use them again later in the season. We're just going to do a practice run this week though. You know, the clash exhibition race, not going to count. So Pick your winner. Who do you think is going to win the Bushlight Clash for your one and done? Um, I am going to take Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell. Okay. I like that one. And I am going to go Kyle Larson. Finished fifth in the Clash last year. He actually has the best average finish of all active drivers at short tracks over the last three seasons. That's not shocking. (laughs) Considering all the races he won in 2021, no, that's not shocking at all. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with Larson on this one, um, and we'll see. Like I said, finished fifth last year. See how the clash goes this year. So that's going to do it for us for this episode. If you like what you heard, let us know. Uh, Hit us up on social media. Once again, I'm at Master Smithers. Uh, you can send us a DM to at we know fantasy. Um, no show next week because there is no race next weekend. It's the Super Bowl. And then from the week after the Super Bowl, we'll be back for a preview of the Daytona 500, a recap of the Bushlight Clash. Hopefully we'll have some big storylines to talk about. Yeah. And it's an exciting race. Yeah. So for that, we're done for this week. And we'll see you in two weeks before Daytona. See ya.